welcome to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast with co-founders and hosts, Tracy Callahan and Deborah Doak. Each week, we tackle another tough topic to help professional divorce coaches maximize client impact and cultivate thriving practices. We also want to spread the word about the expertise and value that certified divorce coaches bring to the table. At DCA, we are committed to ongoing learning and we value generosity among divorce coaching professionals. We believe that when one succeeds, we all succeed. Welcome back to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. So Tracy and I were talking the other day about how clients pretty often tell us that their goal is an amicable divorce. Yeah. Yeah. But it started us wondering, what are their expectations when they say that? What are they really anticipating their divorce experience is going to be like? So that's the topic of our conversation today. What does it mean to have an amicable divorce? And if it's not amicable, then what is it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with kind of where we think most people get their idea of what an amicable divorce looks like. Yes. And I, I know who we're, I, I immediately think of when we say the word amicable. Exactly. Amicable. So we're going to roll back to 2014. Yeah. When Goop, which is Gwyneth Paltrow's kind of wellness and lifestyle brand, mm-hmm. they published an article called Conscious Uncoupling. And that was essentially the announcement of Gwyneth and Chris Martin's divorce. Okay. Yes. Conscious uncoupling. Now, marriage and family therapist Catherine Woodward Thomas had already coined that term, conscious uncoupling, back in 2009. And she later published a book by that title, which was uber popular, right? And we learn that this concept of uncoupling, according to Catherine Woodward Thomas, is rooted in how to part amicably keeping mutual respect as part of the process and remembering the needs of any children involved. Mm. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. In this Goop article, right, about Gwyneth and Chris announcing their split, it says it's conscious uncoupling that prevents families from being broken by divorce and it creates expanded families that continue to function in a healthy way outside of traditional marriage. So conscious uncoupling. Yes. It's a lovely concept. Gwyneth. And Gwyneth is lovely. Lovely. And a lot of people look to Gwyneth as sort of this leader in lots of things, lifestyle brands, health, food, clothing, right? Right. Group is all about that. But now this also desirable and attainable, right? Respect for each other and prioritizing the needs of children. Yes, all day long. Unfortunately, this concept of conscious uncoupling seems to have gotten a little twisted over the years since now it seems to be interpreted as the couple's remaining BFFs, right? Your Mm -hmm. best having faith dinners, going on vacations together. You know, I'm sure you've seen the occasional pic on the IG of that blended family, all at Disney wearing shirts that identify who they are. 
Okay. Yep. And this version step of stepmom, stepdad, yeah. bio mom. They're so cute. Yeah. So this version of uncoupling is not realistic for most couples, right? Let's get real here. Let's get real. And, and why? Well, because we're famous for saying there is always conflict and divorce. This fairy tale that couples will sit at the mediation table, holding hands, singing kumbaya, gently weeping together and immediately green on everything is bullshit. I'm calling it bullshit, right? Yeah. It's just not, not necessarily the norm. And it's an untainable standard. One not even Gwyneth and Chris could reach. In a 2022 Vogue interview, speaking about their time of separation, Gwyneth got real. She said, we had great days and terrible days, days when we couldn't stand each other, but forced ourselves to remember what we were aiming for. Looking back, it was probably the most challenging year of my life. That, that Those are Gwyneth's words, quoted. Right. Gwyneth's words. So this conscious uncoupling doesn't mean it's easy. No doesn't mean it's easy. So so let's talk about what an amicable divorce really is, why it's truly possible for the majority of couples when we dive into what it really means, mm-hmm. and how you can work with your client to get past some of these limiting beliefs that the existence of conflict means that it's not amicable. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's, it's not one or the other. So let's start with the definition of the word amicable. It means characterized by or showing goodwill, friendly, peaceable. It means behavior between people that is pleasant despite a difficult situation. And it means done or achieved in a polite way. Okay. Polite. Polite. (laughs) None of those definitions. Did you hear me say bestie? BFF. No, no, they don't imply a close, intimate relationship. They it, they don't even indicate the parties like each other. No, no. Amicable simply means pleasant, respectful, polite. It doesn't mean the absence of conflict. It means making the effort to minimize or manage the conflict. Yeah. Right. And yeah. when, it, when it comes to divorce, this is not a binary thing like most people think. It is not either amicable or high conflict. Yeah. Right. So, so polarizing. It's not polarizing. Bringing in a financial professional to do, say, a separate property tracing or going through the discovery process to validate some account balances does not make it a high conflict divorce. Yeah, it might only mean that they needed some more information to make a decision. It could also mean that the couple was in disagreement over a number. That's normal divorce conflict, not this scary, damaging, traumatic divorce conflict. Yeah. Just because a couple can't immediately agree on how to divide an asset or what time sharing schedule is best doesn't mean they've shifted into this high conflict divorce situation. And let me add this. It doesn't mean their spouse or co-parent is a narcissist. 
just because there's conflict, just because they have disagreement. Yeah. doesn't mean the other person has personality disorder. It means they're having conflict. Absolutely. Absolutely. Divorce is a time of fear, right? We know this. There's lots of uncertainty, grief, loss, and a bunch of other big feelings that can make it difficult for people to see the best in each other, right? So if, if they were engaging in some of these problems in their marriage, it's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Divorce attorneys often say that they see good people on their worst days. So true, right? So true. A couple is parting ways for a reason. Some need has gone unmet. Someone is hurt. There's been a breach of trust or their goals no longer align. They have likely had ongoing unresolvable conflict in their relationship yep. <laughs> that has brought them to this point. Hello, right? The Goop article goes on to say, because present events always trigger pain from a past event, it's never the current situation that needs the real fixing. It's just the echo of an older emotional injury. If we can remain conscious of this during our uncoupling, we will understand it's how we relate to ourselves internally as we go through an experience that's the real issue, not what's actually happening. Those profound words. Okay. And therein lies the key to an amicable divorce. The recognition that although our client's emotions feel very present, they are remembrances from the past. If we keep them focused on the future, future focus, their goals, their values, and what they want from their divorce experience, We can help them shift from past injuries and finger pointing to problem solving and decision making. Hmm. Shift. Shift. Yeah, shift. That's our job, right? So how do we go about shifting our client's perspective and managing their expectations when it comes to this idea of divorce conflict? Okay. Okay. Well, there are two primary areas I think we can explore to help our client open up to some new ways of thinking maybe about what it means to be amicable. Mm -hmm. And these are the two areas. One, is it possible? Explore the possibility that there is a wide space between being BFFs and being mortal enemies. Can we explore that this is not binary? Mm -hmm. And number two. Is it possible for our client to show up amicably, regardless of how their partner shows up? What? Yeah. So these are the (laughs) two areas where I think it's really powerful for us to explore. One, it's not binary. And two, how much control do they have? So let's go over a few powerful questions. Let's talk powerful questions and let's talk some tools and strategies here. Yeah. All right. right. So- a couple questions I might throw out to start just to explore their definition. When you say you're hoping for an amicable divorce, what does that mean to you? Or what is your definition of amicable? What would that look like for you? Let's understand what, what, where have they set their initial expectations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some other ones, where are those ideas about what it means to be amicable coming from? 
right? Yeah. I have heard plenty of a client quote a Gwyneth and yes. Chris. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's some ideology associated with that. So we're sort of working in helping the client discover some of those underlying meanings for them and where those influences came from. None of us can live up to these unobtainable goals, right? It's It sets unrealistic expectations. So here's yeah. here's some other ones, right? What comes up for you when you think about having to resolve differences with your spouse or co-parent? Uh, our favorite, how would you say you generally approach conflict? Oh my God, understanding their experience with conflict and how they feel about conflict and how it plays into this process. Yes, yes. Pivotal. Pivotal, Pivotal, right, right. And so again, doing some more exploration around conflict. So how do you say you generally approach it? And then what if we ask them, can you recall a time setting them up for success? Can you recall a time when you handled a conflict really well? What do you think contributed to your success? Mm. Right. A lot of people are afraid of this conflict, right? Yeah. Tell me more about any areas where you expect there to be friction or initial disagreements between you and your partner. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think this is going to be coming up for you? Yeah. The house, time sharing, what's it going to be? Yeah. Also, what scares you about the idea that your divorce wouldn't be amicable, right? Looking yeah. at that other perspective, right. how much influence do you believe you have in setting tone of your divorce? Because yeah. you can set tone, right? Clients set tone, right? Absolutely. And, and then the let's go over the big one. Yeah. What are you willing to do? To increase the chances of having an amicable divorce, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? Action-oriented, right? Feature-focused, action-oriented. So some of the tools and strategies that you use in, in a bunch of different circumstances, but are especially applicable here, are exploring those limiting beliefs, right? Especially if somebody is stuck in this They think they're mutually exclusive, right? I can't have conflict. Exploring, you know, do they think conflict is bad, right? Right. Does it mean if we have conflict or disagreement, does that mean we're not amicable? Does any disagreement mean that we failed to have an amicable divorce? Exploring those limiting beliefs, right? What's the story they're telling themselves about what it means to have an amicable divorce? Absolutely. And and clearing that up, exploring, again, that space between BFFs and mortal enemies. Yeah. And in the self-discovery, right? Sort of helping the clients get under the assumption iceberg. We love to talk about the assumption iceberg, right? So assumption iceberg, for everybody who doesn't recall, is when there's an incident and we assign intention to ourselves, right? We know what our intention of that was, and then we assign motive to somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. Our co-parent, our soon-to-be ex, the spouse. So what assumptions are they making about their ability to be polite and respectful when disagreeing? What assumptions are they making about their partner in these disagreements, these situations? Right. Assumptions. Because mm. assumptions then turn into part of that assumption iceberg, right? 
we make an assumption, we turn it into a truth, and then we start acting and making decisions based on that as if it's a fact, when in fact, it's an assumption. Absolutely. So clearing some of that up. Mm-hmm. And then we want to get into empathetic problem solving. So mm-hmm. trying to explore, how do you think the your spouse or co-parent might be feeling? Can we, can we get any insight there? Cognitive empathy, not compassionate empathy, right? Yeah. Can we explore at this point, is their partner all bad, <laughs> right? Can we avoid villainizing? Can we stay somewhere where we can ex- remember some good traits? Can we identify some strength so that we can find some goodwill? Remember, goodwill was part of the definition of the word amicable. Yeah. So can we do goodwill? (laughs) Is it possible? And I understand it's really cloudy and it's probably been really cloudy, but there was a time, right? Yes. These people decided to get married. These people decided to have a family. These people decided to have children together. Right. So there was a time, maybe, maybe not recent, or maybe some negativity in this ongoing problem cycle has continued for years. Yeah. Being able to move past those, those ideologies that we assign to justify our experience or our emotional experience in that process. A a couple examples that clients of mine have come up with is, um, you know, I'm angry. I don't think the settlement he proposed is fair, but I can appreciate he did all the research and brought all the spreadsheets to the meeting. Ah, great. Okay. I <laughs> I hate his guts, but my son plays varsity golf in high school and his dad is the one who invested all the time and energy to nurture his love of that sport. Great. Yeah. Great. That's generating goodwill. That's that's some empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and that really then our next step is exploring and helping our clients identify those goals and interests. Yes. Right. And when we talk about identifying goals and interests, building upon our empathetic problem solving, we're hopefully working with our clients to identify shared interests. Right. That shared meaning, right? Exploring values. Why is being amicable important to them, right? Maybe it is to restore some sense of relationship. Maybe it is, is so I don't have to live in continuous hell in co-parenting, right? Because in that effort, if we go from mortal enemies to best friends, is there an opportunity to be able to find a way to work with one another in those co-parenting relationships? Is it tied back to their divorce budget that we've explored with them Hmm. that they don't want to pay for their lawyer's kid to go to college? They want to pay for their own kid to go to college. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So why is being amicable important to them? Because if we go back to Gwyneth's quote in that Goop article, right? About talking about how hard it was. She said there were days we couldn't stand each other, but we forced ourselves to remember what we were aiming for. Yeah. That's what values and goals do is when it's hard, you have something to anchor to. Yeah. To hold on to, right? Mm -hmm. And to look forward to. (laughs) We can bear hard things when we remember our why. 
Yes. The why. why. Right. Absolutely. Why. Yeah. Yeah. And another really important tool that we use that's so tied to all of these other tools that we have in our amazing toolbox as professional practicing divorce coaches in the work as alternative dispute resolution specialists is reality testing. Mm. Is it is it realistic to always think that we're going to get along? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know about you, Deborah. But I can't think of a single relationship I've ever had with anyone where it was always butterflies and rainbows and unicorns. No, no. Is it realistic? And another thing I explore with clients sometimes is, is that healthy for you? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we should have Christmas Day together. It would be best for the kids. Yeah. Okay. But what does that feel like in your body when you think about that? Yeah. Which is going to come out all backwards, perhaps. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So reality tests, not only this definition of amicable and whether it's realistic, but this kind of, you've set your sights on this, you know, uh, what do I want to say? Like fantasy world of what you think Gwyneth and Chris did. Is that healthy for you? Is that realistic for you? Or is yeah, that not going to feel good to have all that going on? <laughs> is what's more real for you to be polite and pleasant as you arrange separate holiday celebrations with your co-parent? Absolutely. We've got trick-or-treating coming up. Yeah. Right around the corner. It's one of my favorite conversations with yeah. clients. What does this look like? Well, we've always trick-or-treated together. Okay. Okay. Well, can you show up and trick-or-treating and be polite and be respectful? And it is okay to say, no, I can't. No, okay. I can't. Or not, not this year. Maybe not, not the first year. Not yet. Right? Not, not yet. Right now. Not yet. Okay. So what does that look like? Can it still be, can you still engage in an amicable res, uh, relationship with your co-parent by saying, hey, you know what, why don't you do this and I can do this or we'll yeah. step back from it, right? Assessing. Right. It's from, it's from five to seven. Why don't exactly. I do five to six? You come over at six and then you take the kids. You take the kids, right? And whatever works, but, but Lots that's of part of reality testing too is, um, yeah, it's, it's okay to have boundaries. Absolutely. Again, it's pleasant and polite, yeah. not BFFs and kumbaya. Yeah. Yeah. So amicability, right? Here we are talking about amicability and we're seeing it as professionals. We're seeing a, a, a shared interest in a lot of divorce professionals looking at ADR processes, collaborative processes. There's a whole new amicable divorce network with professionals who are being committed to supporting clients through an amicable process. But we want to just stress, we don't want to get lost in this over-glamorized concept of what amicable means. Amicability can also mean that we have disagreements. It's how we approach those disagreements that makes the difference. 
So we hope you've enjoyed our, our time together with you today. Thank you so much for allowing us to share our thoughts and supporting you and your work as a professional practicing divorce coach. And we look forward to having you join us again. Thanks for joining us for the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. It helps other divorce professionals find us and add to the conversation. And don't forget to follow us on social media to be the first to know when we add new classes and events. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you maximize client impact, create a thriving business, and promote the value of professional divorce coaching.